Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. Hello, everyone. I'm Jim Dawes, and this is Right Now, a journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So yesterday's show, I said that uh, we were going to move on from the whole Kavanaugh issue, that it really sucked all the oxygen out of the room uh, for going on uh, a month now. Uh, you'll recall it's all started, uh, at least in the public eye, when uh, the hearings began, and you had these screeching uh, left-wing activists uh, being drug out of the hearing room, uh, and the Democrats up on the uh, podium um, uh, were determined to um, furnish their resist credentials as well by constantly interrupting Chairman Grassley and doing everything in their power to obstruct uh, the normal operations of the Judiciary Committee. And then it uh, wrapped up uh, most recently uh, with um, Julie Swetnick's uh, accusations of gang rape against Judge Kavanaugh, uh, of course, represented by the creepy porn lawyer Michael Avenatti. So uh, it was quite a month, and it it was dispiriting, disheartening, and very uh, worrisome for people concerned about the future of this country. Uh, But last night, uh, I must say that uh, President Trump went a long way toward redeeming uh, the process when he, on behalf of the American people, apologized to uh, Judge Kavanaugh and his family for the uh, mud that they were drugged through uh, by this confirmation process. It really wasn't uh, him or his supporters that caused this, but of course, he is the president and he speaks for the nation, and it was good to see him apologize uh, on behalf of the nation to Judge Kavanaugh. I have one little quibble. It's uh, it's not a big thing, but um, I wish he hadn't have uh, uh, declared Judge Kavanaugh uh, was proven innocent. Uh, he wasn't proven innocent. Uh, Judge Kavanaugh enjoyed a presumption of innocence, as do we all under our legal system. And uh, what, in fact, he was is he was uh, he was found not guilty. Uh, so he maintains that presumption of innocence. Um, the the testimony and the evidence brought forward by Christine Ford and um, uh, Deborah Ramirez and Julie Swetnick didn't reach any sort of standard of due process. It didn't reach the um, beyond a reasonable doubt uh, standard required for a criminal prosecution. It didn't uh, meet the preponderance of evidence as required by a civil uh, judgment and it uh, it didn't even reach the level of a probable cause. In, in other words, there wasn't enough evidence presented by any of these three witnesses to even show that a crime was committed. So as they droned on and on about believed victims, uh, the fact of the matter is that none of them had shown the very basic that they were in fact a victim, and as and uh, quite the contrary, an examination of their allegations showed that they were politically motivated, full of holes, and didn't stand up to uh, to scrutiny. Uh, even Dr. Fords, who, who were the most convincing, if you start a dig and you find out that, uh, that she had political motivations and that she uh, uh, colluded, there's that word again, with the Democrats in order to try to delay the proceedings and to, uh, to turn it into a three-ring circus, and she was very successful with that. 
So as time goes on, we're going to get back uh, to that whole issue because there's going to be a lot more revelations about how Christine Ford and Deborah Ramirez uh, came forward. We all know how Julie Swetnick came forward. She was uh, uh, represented by uh, the creepy porn lawyer who helped her craft her um, her slippery accusations against Judge Kavanaugh with the raising the specter of gang rape and drugging women. But I promised that we would move on to other substantive issues because uh, there's a lot been going on while we have been distracted by the Kavanaugh hearings, and, uh, and that's what we intend to do today. Uh, we're going to talk about all of the developments in the so-called Russiagate scandal uh, that have occurred uh, while we have all been uh, distracted by the Kavanaugh hearings. And, of course, uh, where we sort of left off is uh, that uh, Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general who is uh, overseeing the Robert Mueller investigation, um, uh, was uh, revealed to have uh, offered to wear a wire during his meetings with President Trump, tape record him, uh, in hopes of organizing the cabinet uh, into um, removing the president under the 25th Amendment. Now, Rosenstein never denied uh, that this happened. It appears that the revelations were uh, given to the New York Times by Andrew McCabe, uh, who was at these meetings where Rosenstein offered to do this. Uh, McCabe is uh, in a, um, a uh, what's what's the term, a, a credibility contest with James Comey because uh, one of them lied uh, with regards to authorizing leaks that McCabe was responsible for. And when we find out who that was uh, that is in li- that is lying about those leaks, uh, that person will be subject to criminal prosecution. There is a grand jury, in fact, meeting in Washington, D.C. Uh, right now to determine that very issue. But it looks like uh, McCabe leaked to the New York Times that, and that uh, Rod Rosenstein uh, was interested in wearing a wire in, uh, in order to try to pursue this uh, vendetta against the uh, president and try to unseat him uh, after he was uh, elected. And so um, it was widely expected in the run-up to Kavanaugh that, uh, that Trump was going to fire Rod Rosenstein. I advised on this show that he ought to uh, put that on hold. Rod Rosenstein is not doing any more damage uh, now than, than, he, uh, than he could do if uh, Donald Trump waited until after the midterm elections uh, and uh, allowed uh, the focus uh, to be on the great economic news, the reform of the trade deals, the uh, uh, restoration of people's retirement accounts, and all of the other good news of the um, of the economy and and uh, Trump's successes. He's even stopped uh, the little rocket man in uh, North Korea. Uh, from uh, launching any more missiles and appears to have put the brakes on their um, their development of nuclear weapons. But um, And then, of course, came the Kavanaugh issue where the Democrats have made an absolute and utter disgrace of themselves. And there's no other way, way to uh, call it. The left wing of the Democrat Party is in the driver's seat and they're driving them right off the cliff, which I for one, could not be more happy about. But, uh, so, 
Uh, the president was scheduled to meet uh, with Rosenstein, but he put off that meeting. Uh, and it just took place uh, yesterday when Rosenstein boarded Air Force One and accompanied the president to a speech in Orlando, Florida. And they met for about 30 minutes, and it came out that uh, the president uh, has no plans right now to fire Rod Rosenstein and instead took the opportunity to talk to him about uh, uh, other issues. So um, maybe the president's listening to the show. I kind of doubt it, but uh, he has uh, been wise to uh, put off the firing of Rod Rosenstein until after the midterm elections at the very least. Uh, The GOP, for their part, the House GOP, is moving forward with impeachment proceedings, and um, and and McCarthy and Nunes and uh, and Jordan and others and the Freedom Caucus and the House are uh, have impeachment papers ready uh, to file. I t- I would uh, urge them as well to uh, wait until after the midterm elections so we can stay focused on the field of battle as it currently exists. Also, while we were distracted by Kavanaugh. Uh, Robert Mueller has indicted seven more Russians, <laughs> none of which will ever uh, be in, uh, extradited to the United States. None of them will ever come into an American courtroom for criminal prosecution. Uh, but nonetheless, he has indicted them to try to uh, put meat on the bones of his, uh, of his witch hunt. Now, get this. These Russians were not indicted for interfering in the election. These Russians were indicted for hacking uh, the Olympic Committee, the doping agency related to the Olympic Committee uh, that, of course, suspended Russia from the, uh, the last um, Olympic Games in, uh, in was it, uh, oh, South Korea, that's right. Um, so Mueller has gone so far astray, it's not enough that he, uh, he's pursuing uh, anybody he can... Uh, that was associated with the Trump campaign on decades-old charges. Now he's, uh, he's after the Russians for uh, trying to cover up their doping scandal related to the Olympics. And really, uh, this sort of shows you that uh, you know Mueller is casting about uh, trying to find anything to justify uh, keeping his office in business. It's absolutely outside the scope of the special counsel to be pursuing these charges. But what's new? He's been he's been pursuing things outside the scope ever since he was uh, he was impaneled. Rod Rosenstein and and uh, Robert Mueller absolutely uh, are disqualified from this whole uh, charade that they're engaged in. There cannot be anybody more unqualified to pursue charges of obstruction of justice against the president of the United States for firing James Comey. Then James Comey's former mentor, Robert Mueller. Rod Rosenstein is a fact witness to the case that Robert Mueller's investigating. He was the one that wrote a memo to the president recommending that the president fire James Comey. This whole thing is a sham. Why the American Bar Association and these other uh, professional groups sit around and let their profession be uh, be drugged down like this is beyond me. Well, really, I know what it is. It's Trump derangement syndrome. They can't. Uh, they're putting their hatred for Donald Trump before the professional ethics and turning a blind eye 
uh, to the type of conflicts of interest that would get any other lawyer disbarred, absolutely disbarred. So Mueller's got um, got Manafort on the hook. Of course, he went ahead and pled guilty so that he any charges that he was exposed to in the the trial that was upcoming in D.C. Uh, would run concurrently with the sentence that he'd already received from the guilty uh, verdicts in Virginia. And uh, and Roger Stone says that uh, that Manafort is subject to to flip because the pressure on him. Is so great. They've already uh, taken most of um, Manafort's ill-gotten gains. Uh, they've seized all of his houses except one, and all of his bank accounts and everything. He's going to, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't think he's going to starve, but he certainly uh, has paid the price financially, and he'll probably do between uh, three and five years when this is all over. Um, the interesting part of the Mueller plea is whether Rod, uh, whether Robert Mueller is going to be serious about pursuing all of these related charges because the uh, the charges they were going to prosecute uh, Manafort for in Washington was going to be failure to register as a foreign agent. Well, the people that were working with Robert Mueller during this time were none other than uh, Greg Craig, former. White House counsel under Barack Obama, and of course, Tony Podesta, brother to John Podesta, Hillary Clinton's campaign manager. Uh, Mueller has uh, slickly moved those prosecutions out of the D.C. circuit and into the friendly confines of the Southern District of New York so he can have a better control over them. And uh, and you will know, if as if you needed any further convincing, that Mueller is corrupt when he doesn't go after um, Greg Craig and Tony Podesta for the same charges uh, that he uh, has secured a guilty plea from um, Paul Manafort for. There was no crime um, for Mueller to launch this investigation to begin with. He's casting about now, looking for crimes to justify his uh, his um, um, Existence and this whole thing has been a giant fraud on the American people. Uh, they have hired a prosecutor, given him a target, Donald Trump, and tasked him with finding a crime for which to bring him down. It's one of the most shameful uh, exercises in, uh, in our nation's history. Also, that came out uh, last week is uh, the the. Uh, FBI and the Department of Justice just unilaterally on their own volition decided to unredact some of the documents that they had been producing to the uh, to the Judiciary Committees in the Senate and the House. And lo and behold, those uh, unredactions show that it was not um, Chris Christopher Steele that brought the dossier to the FBI originally. No, it was the lawyer for Hillary Clinton and the DNC, um, uh, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but he worked for uh, Perkins Coie, the uh, the law firm that uh, that the DNC and the Clinton campaign jointly hired to uh, to do opposition research. So this was back in April of 2016, three months prior to when the FBI had ever admitted that they received this dossier. And it was then, and based on that dossier, that opposition research that was given 
to James Baker at the Department of Justice by the law firm for Hillary Clinton that they used to mount an investigation of the Trump campaign, get that FISA warrant, and start spying on the Trump campaign through uh, Carter Page. I've explained a lot uh, on how you go about expanding the scope of a surveillance of someone to include everybody that they've ever talked to, everybody that they've talked to, and everybody that they've talked to. It's called the three-hop rule. And when FISA grants a warrant, it allows you to do that, go three steps out uh, to the the point where uh, a a warrant that was authorized for one person can expand to over one million people, which effectively would have captured all of the uh, communications uh, with any Trump associates uh, under that that FISA warrant against Carter Page, so it was uh, it wasn't um, Christopher Steele uh, who had been previously employed by the FBI uh, that brought this dossier forward. No, it was the law firm representing Hillary Clinton. Just outrageous, you know. And they and they tried to keep all of this secret for the longest time. I think it was a year in before we even knew that the dossier was paid for by Hillary Clinton's campaign and the DNC. And now we find out that the Department of Justice was, in fact, meeting with and coordinating with the Clinton campaign and the Democrat National Committee to launch this uh, this, this um, uh, surveillance against the Trump campaign. Man, there's so much that has gone on. Of course, um, uh, the the the... the connection between the Kavanaugh hearing and the Russiagate scandal um, is developing now because it's come to light that Christine Ford's friend, beach friend, that was present when she drafted her letter to the Senate Judiciary Committee was none other than Monica McLean, former Department of Justice and FBI employee for 25 years, who was the spokesperson or Preet Bahara in the Southern District of New York's Attorney General's office, and um, and she was the one that was with Ford in Rehoboth Beach, Maryland, uh, when she drafted this statement. Now the Ford team, legal team, has come out and said that they want to drop all of this. They don't want to pursue it. They're done. They'd like to uh, blend back into the woodwork, but somebody has got to get to the bottom of whether or not. Uh, Monica McLean, who was also the woman that the former uh, Ford's former boyfriend uh, swore that uh, Ford was assisting with her pre-employment polygraph for the FBI. But somebody has got to get to the bottom of whether or not uh, Monica McLean uh, materially contributed to the uh, lies and prevarications that were contained in that letter that she sent to Diane Feinstein, and whether or not there was any coordination between Monica McLean and other elements of the deep state, including and especially uh, the never-Trumper former uh, federal attorney for the Southern District of New York, Preet Bahara. Uh, that will uh, further show that the deep state is determined to cover uh, their butts for the wrongdoings that they committed during the 2016 presidential election and try to topple uh, this president. But um, we will follow that story and report as it develops. 
um, uh, the takeaway that we've got to, um, to constantly keep in mind is that we've got to um, make sure that we turn out for the midterm elections, keep the Democrats out of power, keep them from trying to impeach uh, Judge Kavanaugh and President Trump, and keep uh, the good times rolling uh, for the economy and the things that really matter uh, in this country while the Democrats continue uh, to, uh, to, to just uh, melt down over their left-wing identity politics. Well, that's about all. If you like the show, please like, comment, and share. And if you're watching us on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to this channel. We'll talk to you later. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Well, I can find my way. You're listening to Find My Way from Paul McCartney's latest album, McCartney 3. Labeled as one of 2020's best albums by Rolling Stone, this collection completes a trilogy that began in 1970. Now available on all music platforms.